If you're thinking, I should go for a run today, but it looks like it could rain. Sierra says, save on epic rain jackets. If you're also thinking, but I can't go out in these beat up old running shoes. Sierra says, save on top brand running shoes. And if you're still thinking, but I'm also busy performing brain surgery. Well, then we say, you really should have led with that. Sierra, let's get moving to your local store, like now. Go. Hi, I'm going to whisper some things to you now about crunch chocolate bars. Because apparently this whispering thing is a thing that makes you feel things. It's saying something crunchy is coming in the candy wrapper language. Mm. Imagine your tongue hiking up those crispy, rocky ridges. Now, drum roll, please. Wow, that's good. Crunchy, munchy chocolate doesn't whisper. Turn up the fun with crunch. Oh, hang on, hang on. This is gold. This is gold. Wait a second. Have you got your... I'm not recording, and this is very I much... I think Noel Gallagher will be... I don't want to... I don't think you can hear it. No, I didn't hear any of it. Of course All you didn't. I could see was you pulling weird faces. and sort Well, of what I was doing track. there is I played two different tracks for you, and actually... <laughs> tracks. Um... <laughs> Hello and welcome to Memory Lane. I'm Jen Brister. And I'm Kerry Godleyman. Each week we'll be taking a trip down Memory Lane with our very special guests as they bring in four photos from their lives to talk about. To check out the photos we'll be having a natter with them about, they're on the episode image and you can also see them a little bit more clearly on our Instagram page. So have a little look at Memory Lane Podcast. Come on, we can all be nosy together. I laid down some tracks there. Two, two absolute bangers. One of them, Oasis, Noel Gallagher, if he heard that, would be like, who is this maverick? And get I, her in the band. Yeah, get her in a band a, ASAP. I'm going to, when I see Ben um, next, because he'll have his bass, um, I might just bring my guitar along and we'll jam. We'll just have a jam. I mean, I really want that to happen. <laughs> I really, really want that. And nothing would make, well, Ben happier. And I'd find it highly entertaining, but not in a musical capacity. No, because I'm terrible. I I am embarrassingly bad. I mean, people walk out when I put the guitar up. I was really impressed with Joel because he kept, he was nodding his head in a, in a very supportive. Like a care worker, uh, like a kind, key worker. Like my support worker. Yeah, like, that's lovely, that's Jennifer. That's lovely, well done. Should we have some lunch now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I brought you your favourite jelly, orange flavour. It's always orange flavour. Um, Is it sleeping time now? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's better than me. Because I just made Ben. <laughs> because you know when you do drag and drop on We Transfer? Oh, yeah. It says, I'm always dragging drop and dropping. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. So then I just am making lunch for Ben going, when the pimp's in the crib and the him and the her. Drop it like it's hot. Drop it like it's hot. Every time you do a We Transfer now, you get Snoop, snoop Earworm. When the pimp's in the crib and it's jumping like a tap, jumping like a tap. I mean, we've had some appalling guitar playing from my, fortunately, it wasn't picked up, of, wasn't picked up. And now... A little bit of rap from me. What the flickety fuck was that? <laughs> Jump it like it's hard, no, jump stop. it like it's hard. I'm, Snoop. I mean, I really hope um, 
Can't, no, neither of your children ever listen to this podcast. <laughs> why? Why the fuck would any content I create be of any interest to my teenage children? Isn't it incredible? But how little interest they have in our lives. Isn't that fun? Well, she's like, why would I want to listen to you on a podcast when I have to listen to you all the time, every day? I mean, fair play, actually. That is true. I mean, that's very much 100%. Chloe. That's how Chloe feels. She doesn't listen to anything I do. She's like, why would I listen to you? I, listen, I hear why? you already. Like she when you're a front row seat yeah. every day. And when you're not here, why would I want to hear you? Why would I want you here? Yeah. I don't want you here when you're not here. In fact, when you're not here... It's lovely that you're not here. <laughs> so, yeah, fair, fair enough. Um, but I'm sorry you missed out. Listen, next time I'll lay down another two tracks for you. Um, I just love it that you call it tracks. <laughs> I don't know what I'm talking about. I, you know how some people... <laughs> no, they're not even, it's not even my music. All I'm doing is watching a YouTube you clip and, and trying to songs? copy it. Huh? Why don't you write some songs? Write some songs. <laughs> I can I can barely play the guitar. How am I going to write some songs? I did do a poo song for my children, which they really loved. Improved it. Oh, improved kids it. Kids love poo songs, poo content, and so many things rhyme with poo. So you can right off the bat. There was a young boy. A he did time. a poo. He walked along the street. He fell down the loo. What a thing yeah, yeah, to yeah. do! It, and so it goes. And um, that's a. That's another track I might lay down, actually. <laughs> it's good. It's really good. No, you're looking at me like... I remember once like a... when Frank was um, your boys' age and he'd made us either a poo joke or a willy joke. And I was like, oh, what's, what's funnier? Is it a poo joke or a willy joke? And he was in, a, he was in knots. He was like, oh, <laughs> poo jokes are really funny. But willy jokes are really funny. <laughs> They're both so funny. <laughs> Which is the funniest? What's funnier? I think I'm going to have to go with Willy jokes. I love no that. poo, no poo. <laughs> I love that he's actually analysing it. We, yeah, we sat there like this is the kind of highbrow chat that I have. With, you know, what does your mum do for a job? She is a comedian, <laughs> and we discuss the granular detail of whether a poo joke, scatological humour, is better than a knob joke. Discuss. I, I really don't think you should ever say granular detail and then use the word poo, okay? That is visually, <laughs> that's not okay. Also, on stage now, I still love a knob joke. And I say that as a lesbian. All day long. I'm like not knob long. gags all day long. I did a corporate recently and a knob gag came out. I didn't want it to, but it just presented itself and I've got I've got just to popped out. It popped flopped out. It literally flopped out. But the trouble was the corporate was at two PM and I realised there is There's no wrong time for a good knob joke. Well yeah. There's no wrong time. No? The clock clocks mean nothing. You can do a knob joke at ten to ten in the morning, ten to ten at night. Do you know what? They did laugh, but I felt there was an intake of breath by a couple of people because it was only 2 Comedy's comedy, mate. Yeah. I quite like it. I quite like serious, interesting, complex thoughts. Knob joke. I mean, I don't have any interesting, complex thoughts when I do stand-up. I literally have varying degrees of you knob gags. rage and then <laughs> knob joke. I have anger. I have, I have ranting and knob gags. Fury. That's all I've got. Yeah. yeah. Fury. Knob joke. Fury. Knob joke. <laughs> They're like the natural bedfellows, aren't they? I suppose we should um, discuss 
our next guest. Our guest, our guest today is yeah. the wonderful Jared Christmas. It's always a pleasure to see Jared. He's probably one of he, the most popular comedians on the circuit. He's very lovable, isn't he, Jared? Oh my God, he's adorable. That man's he's, anecdotes. He's got some good stories. Uh, I'm like, how? We've been doing comedy about the same amount of time. I don't have anecdotes like that. He's no, got some either. absolutely batshit anecdotes. He's a natural storyteller, isn't he? And he's a, and I think this is, I don't know if this is a projection, but I always just think that people that have travelled a lot, which I assume he has because he's yes. from really far away. He's from New Zealand. They just have that kind of life. They're like, you know, wandering storyteller vibes. Yes. And he's brilliant. He's a brilliant raconteur and an all-round good guy. And I think um, this is an absolute corker of an episode. So, Jared, where are you? Where am I right now? Yeah. I'm at home in uh, a little village in Somerset. You're like a proper yeah. countryman. Is no, it? not a, not according to long long time villagers. No, still new, still new blood. Oh, really? Eight years. Maybe they'll never long. let yeah. you in. They'll never let you in. Nah. Got to change my accent. Yeah, I can't see any development in that department, Jared. No, you sound. I'm rubbish like, at accents. You, you You're sound really exactly. good at accents. Actually, both of you are extremely good at accents. Oh, I can do three. I can do. I can't do a Kiwi, but I feel quite confident about my Australian accent. Go on then. Uh, okay, here we go. <laughs> it's gone into show real <laughs> Okay, here we go. Um, so, like, uh, if I was to put an Australian accent on, I'd sort of do it like this, and then I'd sort of come up at the end uh, of every sentence. And does this sound vaguely Australian? You're giving me a funny face, which makes it sound like it's not fucking Australian. Okay, fuck you. Is okay. that no good? It's not good to me. It sounded great to me. Oh, well, there you go. What was that face? That is a face that was like, <laughs> I don't even know what accent that is. Hey, I think it was university, close. I think you were grant, you grew up in Australia, but you went to university in the United Kingdom. Oh, oh okay. Is that what, that's back. what you were that's going for, isn't it? You were going for that. All right, you were okay. going for that level. Do I need to go full bogan? Yeah. Right. Do... Fucking take it outside, fellas. <laughs> Put another one on the barbie. What are you out of your fucking mind? Is that better? Can you do an English accent, Jared? I can. Um I know you can, I... babe. Can I? Um <laughs> You're from Kingston. Can I like do... to eat. I like to eat at Pizza Express. No? That's not or bad. what about I'll try and do your accent, Kerry. Yeah, go All on. Right. Is it this, is what, this is the problem I have when people do an impression of me. <laughs> they just sound like a sort of broken Michael Caine. Yeah. Or Ray Winston. I only Michael told you Caine. to blow the fucking doors off. That's how it all, get, it all ends up in that territory. Well, when people do impressions of me, they literally just go, fucking hell. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> so what are, we, what are we learning from this, Jared? How do we come across to people? Yeah, exactly. I've got to change my ways. <laughs> That's what I mean. People go, oh, I fucking were. And then I respond going, oh, you fucking fuck. And it's like, okay, I just walked my, into a trap. My impression of you is, and I do it a lot. Um, oh, wow. So th- I don't know if you guys have this, um, where comedians' routines and jokes just worm their way into everyday life. Um, yeah. For example, there's a Gary Delaney joke about uh, taking the dog for a walk with his uh, with his family um, and someone says, don't forget poo bags, which is a horrible name for my grandmother. 
Uh, <laughs> so we, whenever we leave the house as a family now to to walk the dog, someone someone will say, "Have you got poo bags?" And then it's a race to see who gets to name someone else that's been poo bags. That's uh, brilliant. Kerry's one is whenever I open up a bag, I go oh. like that. <laughs> yeah. Always do it. Oh, I'm glad. And if I ever meet um, anybody called Stephen, I go, a Stephen. Oh, yeah. yeah. I get that a lot. I, I remember walking down um, Nicholson Street in Edinburgh, minding my own business, probably in a deep fug of depression, and someone just shouted, Hey, Stephen! <laughs> from across the side of the other side of the road. You've made it. I thought well, people will shout your jokes back at you. Have I made it? Is this what it yeah. feels like? Well, you're a veteran, aren't you? You're a veteran. Let's start right, right at the beginning. At, and um, yeah. we're looking at this picture, which I assume is you and your your dad. Yeah. And yeah. boy... Of snakes. You really look yeah. like your dad, Jared. Yeah. You really I do. I, I look like my dad with a beard now. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you absolutely do. It's actually yeah. It's actually uncanny. Yeah, it's the eyes, man. Sad eyes, eh? <laughs> I've got sad they're kind eyes of droopy. Too. They're kind of they're kind of droopy at the, aren't they? There's a lot of emotion in there. There's a lot. There's a lot of pathos there. Yeah, which it really helps as a comedian. Does doesn't it? What? Why? Really what's with the snakes? Can you explain what's going on here? So, uh, my dad was in the New Zealand Army. Uh, you can, and you can so, tell by the tats, man. Yeah, yeah. But that wow. the tattoos are exactly why there's snakes on it. So we, uh, I grew up in Singapore for about four years, and that photo is from one of the markets in Singapore. And I was terrified and slightly unwell, and so my dad was just carrying me around, and he's got snake tattoo on his on his arm, snake curling around a dagger, I think it is, which represents one of the battalions that he served in. And um, just a snake seller saw that he had snakes on his arm, and threw those, they're grass snakes, so they're harmless. Okay. But threw quite a lot of snakes on my dad, oh, no. and I was absolutely terrified. That's unsettling, even yeah. for people. Yeah, and, and what I like is that my parents talk about how terrified I was, but my mum still was like, hold it, I've got to get a photo. <laughs> and, you know, this is 1980s. This isn't a quick snap on yeah, your phone no, or anything. This deal. is... She had to take the lens cap off. She had to get the focus she had to right. Take it out and it's a good picture. It's a good picture yeah. as well. Decent. And it's framed us in front of that window. Yeah. The composition is right. second to none. It really actually. is. And you don't look traumatized. You look cute. I, yeah, but I, I look sad. I look at that photo knowing that I'm upset. You don't. But maybe look that's happy. because you know I've been told. Upset. I think you yeah. just. Yeah. No. Now you're saying it. You do look a bit troubled. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have any issues with snakes. So it didn't traumatise me. But your dad looks like a very, like, you're in safe arms there. Oh, completely. Yeah. Like, was your My dad, dad um, very capable, very capable man, still is, is essentially really renovating their house by himself. Uh, really? They moved back to, yeah, they moved back to New Zealand after the pandemic. They were in Australia for, for years and uh, they bought an old house to do up. And My he's dad's doing it all single-handedly with Yeah, basically. Arms. Yeah, those tattooed snake arms. <laughs> How yeah. often do you see him? Uh, not enough, not enough. Well, uh, I used way. to go down. To, I used to go back to New Zealand once a year before the pandemic, but um, you know, various things happen during oh, that. 
screwed us financially. Have Um, you got um, siblings, Jared? Yes, older brother. He's in the New Zealand Army, so he's... He lives five, well, my parents live five minutes around the corner from him. Uh, and you weren't ever um, tempted to go into that military military no. world? Because it's Good very, God, no. it's, it's... I knew it wasn't for me. Scouts was too strict. Um, <laughs> I can hard relate. I had the same yeah. with the girl guides. I was like, fuck these people and their knitting. Yeah. There are people that, um, uh, that, that, people that really sort of blossom and grow in, in those sort of environments, like in the military, and, and, and yeah. they... Um, excel and have a yeah. you know have a that's what my brother's doing. Yeah, my brother's and have a great time my, of it, mate. My brother's a major in the army and he's about to be he'll be promoted to a lieutenant colonel or something within the next couple of years. I don't know what that means. And it he's, sounds mad. He's one of the top one of the top medics in the New Zealand army. It's just nuts. Wow, it's insane. Yeah, what yeah, a different but, life to our lives. I know, but yeah. can you imagine the three of us? Someone told us to do something. We'd be like, get to fuck. Man. I know. I was going to join one of those fitness groups where the sort of a soldier oh. shouts at you in a park. And Ben said to me, Kerry, you are not wired to have a soldier shout at you in the park. No if he way. was like, get off of the floor, I'd be like, fuck. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. you've you been lippy straight away. <laughs> know yourself, um, Kerry. I've got a quick story about the differences between my brother's life and my life. So... Uh, years ago, maybe uh, it was 2009, I think, um, my brother was in the UK. They've got an exchange program in the New Zealand and British military How civilized. where a New Zealand soldier will come over and do three or four months in the British Army and a British soldier will go down and do the same in the New Zealand Army. Oh, wow. um, but the British people get a much better deal because they, they go down to New Zealand and the New Zealand Army basically goes... Uh, here's a car, just, you know, go from army base to army base around the country, have a hol- holiday for for four or five months, essentially, you know, go on go on adventures. Whereas my brother, they just he just went in and worked and worked and worked and worked. But wow. I had a phone call from him when he was over here um, and he said, what are you up to? And I'd, I'd done the late show at the comedy store. It was a <laughs> it's tough crowd. It was, hey, it was a Saturday it. morning. You know, it was like nine o'clock in the morning. I woke up when he phoned. He's like, what are you up to? I was like, I'm in bed, man. I did a late show last night. And he's like, ah, ah, sorry, mate. Did I wake you up? And I was like, yeah. I was like, how long have you been up? And he's like, 24 hours straight, mate. I'm, uh, we're in a combat situation on the Salisbury Plains. I've just called in a medevac helicopter. And he just starts <laughs> rattling off. And I was like, wait, wait, you're in the you're in the battle training thing now. And he went, yeah, yeah, sitting in a tank. It's pretty cool. He's like, New Zealand doesn't have tanks. So any opportunity I get, I'm getting in a tank. Yeah, I, like, I mean, different life. it's not yeah. comparable, is it? Let's no. be honest. But- no, I got him to leave me on speakerphone as he called in uh, sort of responses to the medevac and stuff. It was pretty exciting. Yeah, stuff. that does sound exciting. Yeah. Yeah, but let's not let's not undermine how tricky a late night, a late show at the comedy, a late mate, show at the comedy right? store. Come Very on, with tasty crowds there. Yeah. Come on. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over thirty thousand mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over six hundred dollars each week. You can also save up to one dollar off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.
pretty cold and how down old there. are you at this time um i had uh my fifth birthday in singapore so we moved just before i turned so six. still little so still young enough to not like yeah. miss you know when people talk about military back like childhoods where they move around a lot just, you know, letting go of friends, having to start again, yeah, yeah. all that. That got harder the older I got. I don't remember having any issues then. But weird, weird thing that happened. Do you remember a comedian? Uh, he died a few years ago, Jack Cowley or Jack Russell. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. He used to play he, Jack Russell. Yeah. Because he used to play yeah. the comedy store. And yeah. And he was one of those comics that uh, fell into comedy. Do you right. know what I mean? Like yeah. it wasn't a career path. It was he walked in to a pub and there was comedy happening and he thought, oh, I can do might it. give this a go. Yeah. And, you know, was great. He was one of those guys that um, just a proper raconteur, could tell a story, was cheeky, was charming and was happy with the vagabond life that comedy provided him essentially. Uh-huh. You know, he, he went by the name Jack Russell so he so he didn't have to pay tax as Jack Cowley, that sort of thing. <laughs> yeah. Um, but we were on a long car journey and, uh, you know, we we're just chatting away. And I said about I lived in Singapore and he said, oh, my dad was uh, in the British Navy and he was based in Singapore. Do you know what we worked out? His mum was my kindergarten teacher in Singapore no. on the army base that we were in. Yeah. No and he phones his mum while we we're in the car and says, do you remember uh, two boys with the surname Christmas? And she went, yeah, Jared and Ronnie and their mum Julie Christmas, who used to bake the cakes for kids when it was their birthday, which is exactly what my mum did. And then it gets even weirder. She said, uh, do you remember your gap year? And he was like, yeah. And she said, you came to Singapore for a year. Uh-huh. And he went, uh-huh. And she said, and you were my teaching assistant and you taught, you would have looked after Jared Christmas. No How way. mad is that? That so is mad. So, so wild. wild. And yeah. then wow. years later, you're in a car together going to a gig. Going to fucking Swindon. What is going on here? Oh, okay. So that was our flight back from uh, from Singapore to New Zealand was a New Zealand Air Force flight. And we took over, t- took off from Singapore and there was a malfunction with one of the wheels so they did an emergency landing in Darwin, Australia, and they landed and the front wheel burst. Oh, um, oh my God. And, no. you know, this is the this is 1984, 85 maybe. And so it was New Zealand Air Force, so they had to wait for a, a, a replacement wheel, which took a week. So you were oh stuck in Darwin God. for so a week. We were in Darwin, but what they did was they – took us to this, it was out of season for this luxury resort on an island off the coast of Darwin. So they took everyone, all military families from the plane and we all went to this island and stayed in this out of season luxury hotel sort of thing. Oh, wow. And that was just something they organised a... um, It sounds magical. well, it, it was a magical time. My overriding memories are that we, we put on a show and I uh, that was me, the end of me doing a haka, uh, which would have been lame as fuck. 
Um, it would have been, you know. Yeah, you kind of have to commit to those, don't you? You can't yeah. phone those guys in. You can't go half <laughs> into a hucker, can you? Mate, a five-year-old boy who's only seen it on TV, a five-year-old white boy yeah. who's only seen it on TV, um, you know, so did that. But also my overriding memory was some of the older kids said that there was an octopus living in the swimming pool. And so for that whole week, I never went into the amazing oh, swimming Jared. pool. That's so sad. Big time. Especially in Darwin when it's like a million degrees humidity. Yeah. You eventually get to um, New Zealand. You're you're down in the south, freezing. Freezing your balls off. How long are you down there before you make your way up to the north of the South Island? I think. I think we were only in Invercargill for maybe two years maybe three years maximum. And then we went to Burnham military base um, and I had McDonald's for the first time. Oh, wow. I yeah. remember my first McDonald's. It was a huge thing, man. It was enormous. Mine my friend really does a really tricky. good impression of his dad having his first ever McDonald's. My friend, he's from Cork and he does a really good, so he said when his dad first ate a burger, a Big Mac, he was like, Jesus, fuck, fuck the flavours. The flavours. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what is that? The flavour. As if prior to that moment, he'd, he'd never had flavour. He'd only eaten like the potatoes. <laughs> and I'd say there's a lot of things going on in McDonald's, but flavour is one of them. <laughs> yeah, salt, well, salt. Salt. Salt and sugar. Salt, salt and more salt. <laughs> Was Cobra Kai? <laughs> what that about was this? My, that was. <laughs> what about this one? That was earlier. I love these pictures. My Lion King. The watch. mean, the mean um, streets one. Yeah, yeah. Um, that karate one. And what I like is I gave it so much attitude. Yet I was only yellow belt, which is one <laughs> up from white belt. <laughs> and I just thought I was super tough. You've put um, more into your pout than you in yeah. into your. <laughs> Well, mate, that, that photo is from um, I the I joined a t- yep <laughs> that I'm one as so well. So good. It's all from the same photo you shoot. You look troubled. This. You don't look mate, comfortable with it. That that photo there of me lying down that sums up this talent agency I joined when I was sixteen years old uh, called Eagle Rock Talent, and their whole concept these two blokes who set it up their whole concept was you know what on adverts and stuff you only see good looking people but they must need average looking people (laughs) so that was what they were after was they were signing they were just saying to normal people it was a scam it turned out to be a scam no Um, well they took money off you oh you had to pay to to join it right and then um they were running drama classes um, uh, and I went to the, I was obsessed with drama. So I went to the first one and they didn't really know what was going on. Um, and, you know, I partway through the lesson said, oh, we do this exercise at school. Like, you know, maybe that'll be a good thing. And so we started doing that. And so they then came to me after that and said, you can run our drama lessons and we'll pay you, you can, yeah. and we'll pay you 20 bucks. And I was like, oh, okay. I was literally going to school during the day and doing drama at school 
And then that night, whatever I did in drama at school, that <laughs> night I taught to middle-aged, average, average-looking people. <laughs> and, Lying and, on the floor. Kerry, that yeah. could have been you and me. Mate, the, I, he, um, I was so obsessed with anything performance-related. I did a male modelling and confidence course. Um, and what did that? Uh, ins- what did that entail? This sounds uh, great. Just honestly, male modelling and conf- I, I failed because it taught one little one. We spent a whole whole lesson uh, teaching you how to shave properly. So I failed that one. Um, but walking, <laughs> how to how to just walk, catwalk, better than what you were catwalk. Yeah, walking. bit of bit of catwalk, but more walking with confidence. And it was it was actually quite incredible. It sounds ridiculous. It sounds great. But this was a, this was a legit place, um, not like Eagle Rock. This legit place. It was just, it was you know like looking back on it, it was whoever was teaching was had done Pilates and you know <laughs> Alexander and just knew, and knew about posture. So that was essentially what it was. But these are good life um, skills. I mean, sometimes we're taught yeah, yeah. a load of shit in school. At least exactly. you can use how to walk. Yes. And then I did use it and got paid 20 bucks to teach average looking people <laughs> how to walk from one end of a room to another. And they then um, said to everyone on their books, uh, we're going to make a movie. Do you want to be in a movie? Uh, and so everyone's like, yes, yeah. please. So everyone had to pay like 50 bucks to be in this movie. And you had to pay. I was, oh, yes. This is a total scare. Yeah, it was totally tapping into people's hopes dreams like all scams do right but this was in christchurch new zealand um in the 90s and uh so i was 16 nearly 17 and i was at a community college doing um film tv as a as an option so i'd started learning about how you make films and stuff and these two idiots they had like a massive camera from the you know, like a home video camera that <laughs> yeah. sat on your shoulder. Um, and, you know, they'd written a script that was just, just dreadful. Um, and it was about, from memory, I think the, the script was about a couple just walking down the street and the people they encounter. Um, and that was it. <laughs> oh, and, my God. And did and you they, say you could script edit it or, like, get it better? No, but we, they were filming it in sequence. So they were like, okay, so in this scene, you're walking down the street. And in the second scene, we need to be in a room. So they would film there and then they'd move everybody inside and upstairs and you'd film up there. And then they'd move everybody back out to do the next scene, which is but them if you don't know, down you the street. You don't know again. that that's not how it goes. Exactly. But I'd done a couple of months of, you know, and I was like, this isn't. This boring. isn't how it goes. Yeah. We and don't I said to them, shouldn't. I was like, shouldn't we do all the. Location shots, outside stuff, all in one go, and then we move everything inside and you just – then you do it in the edit. And so after the session, hey, do you want to – and so as a 16, sort of 17-year-old, I didn't see any of this as negative. I just thought, I'm amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Like, these guys – okay, cool. Um, And we did that ridiculous photo shoot and – and I did get one job from them, which was a, a, an advert for a New Zealand supermarket of me placing cutlery on a table, uh, and they were just filming my hands. But it did give you a taste for that kind of 
you were like, hang on, I'm going to stay in the, even though these chumps are not yeah. the way. Yeah. You knew- and they just, they just disappeared one day. Like everybody showed up for the drama class and the, the building <laughs> was all the locked country. up. Yeah. <laughs> the eagle did not rock. It, um, <laughs> it had gone. And they were dodgy looking blokes as well. You know, like um, grade receding slicked back hair uh, in a ponytail, you know, tatty leather jacket. They're in Cambodia. I'm telling yeah. you, I'm pretty sure yeah. they're in. That's where but, they are. But I keep looking back on it and thinking it was an appalling scam, because mm. they weren't charging people a fortune. It was fifty bucks here, fifty bucks there. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like all out, my parents paid out maybe two hundred and fifty dollars for right. me to be doing all that stuff, and there was probably about ten other people involved. Right. I was like that is, that is not. These guys didn't have big dreams. No, Hence but why they had to shut it down. It? And like you say, it's, it's exploitative of a circumstance, you know, like they yeah, sort of. But, but if you wanted to Pollyanna it, you could say that they did give you a lot of confidence because they basically recognised that you had more skills than them. And Look, I'll be honest, as a teenager, the last thing I needed was more confidence. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that from these photographs, Jared. I was desperate for anything that involved me performing or, or doing anything. I used to... Um, get my hair cut at hairdressers that said models needed, you know, for trainee hairdressers to practice on. Because <laughs> I thought I read model and I thought maybe I'll sit there and get noticed. <laughs> Jared, that is hilarious. Because I'm looking at some of these photos. I just photos. had a series of shit haircuts. I think, I think you, you would have got noticed. I mean, the outfits alone were Mate. dynamite. This one's my favourite. Yeah, that um, red jacket. You just look like a guy with his hands in his pockets. Just a guy. Just a guy yeah. with his hands in his pockets ready Mate, to head to Butlins. That exact that exact person there, uh, that's six, I was 16, 17. That's how I got into nightclubs, underage, was wearing that exact outfit. This works. And, yeah, Incredible. it really worked. Incredible. Because I think bouncers would look at me and go, yeah, I don't think any teenager would actually wear that jacket. <laughs> We've got to you the start of your career. Yeah. But we haven't touched on the <laughs> 10 zillion anecdotes I know that you have buried in your brain that you could yeah. tell us about during your career as a comedian. We've just not, yeah, I could we've, bore we've you just run them. out of time. Yeah. So the time, uh, the time I had to escape from a, a Jeff Whiting gig in, in Wales where they had to sneak me out of the back of the pub and I had to climb a fence into their neighbour's house and then a car had to pull up in front of the neighbour's house and sneak me out and then get a police escort out this of Wales. That's what I'm talking about. A police escort what? out of Wales. What the fuck did you How do to them? bad was this gig? <laughs> what did you do? Do you remember Wilkinson Sword had a stand-up competition? Yes, I did it. I did yeah. it. So I was, I hosted a heap of them and one of them that I was hosting was in this pub in Wales, North Wales. I think it was like Hollywell or something like that. Or Holly okay. Hill, whatever one is up north. And um, basically two guys from a local gang came in uh, in the interval and sat up the front um, and were, uh, you know, telling me to fuck off and stuff when I came back on. And I tried dealing with them and then everybody else was lovely. So I was like, right, I'll get an act on and then I'll talk to the manager about these two. Told the manager, he looks down and he goes pale white. And he's like, oh, my God, they're banned from every pub in town. We've got to get rid of them. We've got to get rid of them. And I said, well, wait until I go back on um, because we don't want to ruin this guy's chances for the comp competition. 
And so I go back on and I said, sorry, everyone, we're going to stop the show. Uh, and then I looked at those two guys and said, guys, you know, you're banned from all the pubs, you know, do the, do the right thing and just leave. The police have been called. You, you should just leave. And one of them said, why don't you leave? And I said, I can't leave because I'm hosting the comedy show. <laughs> um, and he, he said, you leave and I'll stay. And I said, Ugh, mate, as I said, as a comedy show, if it was a show for you, I regret this next line. (laughs) (laughs) What did you say? I said, if it was a show for you, that wouldn't say comedy, it would say cunt. Fair play. play. He, him and his mate stand up and, you know, it's a pub gig, so they're, they're right at me. Just as the manager and one of his bar staff arrive, and they, the bar guy grabs the guy on the shoulder and he swings around, throws a punch, misses, misses, overbalances, and hits someone at another table. So that table's up. And next thing, it's a bar brawl, and I'm trapped on the stage just thinking, I shouldn't have, I shouldn't have said the cunt line. <laughs> and it took probably a good half hour for the rest of the audience to subdue these two guys and kick them out. It was a proper bar brawl. How did the competition... Um... Well, everyone sat back down once that had happened and then looked back at me like, Carry on. what do we do now? <laughs> yeah. And the, the only line that popped into my head was that uh, there's that hack, well, hack, whatever, that put-down line of, don't you hate it when you come out for a conversation someone builds a comedy club around yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. And I just said, don't you hate it when you come out for a fight and someone builds a comedy club around you? Yeah. Um. And then I just worked hard and got them back on side and then we carried on with the competition. And then the show ends and finally the police arrive and they said, um, the, they're gathering the gang. We've got we've got intel. Oh, my God. And they said, we need to sneak you out of here You're, because they are coming to attack. You. They're coming to attack this pub. Uh, this was in oh, 2004, maybe? 2005? 2002. No, it was as early as that. Yeah, yeah. two thousand two. Of course it was, because I was with Delphine Manley, beyond compare. Oh, I remember that I remember, um, agency. Remember Delphine, yeah. Um, and so yeah, the manager was like, "Well, we'll sneak you out the back, and you can climb the fence to the neighbours. I'll let him know." Um, so I'm in the neighbour's house. I'm getting a ride back to London from the Wilkinson Sword Rep, <laughs> and she comes and picks me up in the Wilkinson Sword Car which was a mini, you know, the Red Bull mini? Yeah, yeah. That have got the can on the back? They had that, but with a razor, the Wilkinson sword razor on the back. It's so, incognito. No one would see Exactly, it. right? And I swear to God, she pulls up at his driveway, and this guy, the neighbour, is being all SAS about it, right? He's turned all his lights off, right? He's at the I think he's the car's the door, a clue. Yeah, looking, at, looking out the window, and he goes... He rides here and he goes on, on three, on three. And he goes, one, two, three, opens the door and he's like, go, go, go. And I sprint, jump into the car and they gave us a police escort. We had to go out via via Chester. Yeah. And so they gave us a police escort and then you're on your own, to Chester mate. and then you're, we drove. You're back in England. Drove like that. And do you know it took years? It took years for me telling that story to realise that at the end of it, I could say, well, I was Wilkinson's sword, it was a close shave. <laughs> it took years. <laughs> it took years 
for me to figure that out. <laughs> Telling that anecdote. Now let's let's fast forward to now. What are you up to at the moment, and and what what's, uh, what's the stuff that you're excited about? Well, I'm excited about. I did something really ballsy, Jen. I um, because I've done panto at De Montfort Hall in Leicester for the last three years. Oh, what a great room! You oh, don't, so good. You don't play. You always play. I mean, we haven't even touched on the Priscilla Presley stories. <laughs> no, no, we haven't. I mean, um, I can't believe we haven't gotten into those. There's some absolute back and Kerry, if you haven't heard some of these stories. There are some anecdotes. We've got to have a drink and uh, and definitely get into these. I did Panto with Priscilla Presley at New Wimbledon Theatre. I saw it. I saw it. In 2012. Was that with Marcus? No, that was was 2014 with Vern Troyer. I did come to that Panto. I remember chatting to you after. I I remember chatting to you. Yeah, I remember you going, why don't you let me introduce you to the... And I was like, I don't think I can do it, Jared. (laughs) Oh, you totally could have smashed it. Um, But I... So, yeah, I... When I found out I was doing to Montford Hall for the third time in Panto. What a great I name. decided to book myself in to do a solo stand-up show at De Montford Hall during Leicester Comedy yes. Festival this year. Um, I mean, it, I've never, never tried to sell tickets in a venue that big. The, but because you felt you had a really solid audience from the Panto, so you'd built up a crowd. Y- yeah, and I... They allowed me to plug the show at the end of the panto right. and stuff like that. And De Montford Hall have been 100% on board and supportive. What's the capacity? So I don't know the room. 1,300. It's, oh, it's, it's a big old barn. It's a big old barn. And when is it? Um, uh, 23rd of Feb. <gasps> Guys, I've sold 50 tickets. I haven't. No, I haven't. Oh, um, Jared. <laughs> oh, my God. How dare you? It's, Jesus! Oh, you! Look, it, I. Uh, it was a real gamble because I've never. I don't know if you guys have this, but I've never fully backed myself at times. Yes. Certainly recently, um, for things like doing a tour or doing anything like that. I think when you're a club comic, um, you never believe you can be a touring one. Yeah, I mean, I taught. I did. I taught for five tours. years, but then my last tour in 2014 was really. Uh, it wasn't bad, but it, I felt frustrated by it and really disappointed by it. And the numbers were lower than previous years. Uh-huh. And what I should have done was stuck to my guns and just kept doing it. But I shied away from it. And, well, you can you lose know, money all, touring. I mean, it's... got all moody about it. But I wasn't losing money ah, because even okay. though I was even though I was performing to fifty people or forty people, they that was still more to, money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than the club, still more money than doing a club gig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But my ego couldn't handle it. Right. You because it's like, oh, I'm only pulling 50 closer. people. Yeah. You... I wanted I wanted to sell out a 100-seater. I didn't want to do 50 people in a 100-seater. Yeah. And so my ego couldn't handle it and made me shy away from it and go back to what I what I knew and felt was safe. Yeah. So I shook it up and booked into Montford Hall. And? and I'm currently on 850. Oh, yes. you beauty. This is going to be bonkers, a great man. night. Well, that is bonkers. It's not bonkers. Never, it's not bonkers. I've never pulled that size of the crowd just for myself. But you're such you know? a brilliant comedian, Jared. There's absolutely no reason why you shouldn't have that size audience. 
in, all over the country. And the thing is, is that you've been doing this for such a long time. You are so skilled, so experienced, and you're at the top of your game that it, people would be lucky to catch you. And I'm so oh. happy that it sold well, and I hope it sells out. I really, really, because it should. You deserve um, it. You're brilliant. Look, my, I, I was, thank you. This is like a um, confidence boost. You know, I need you in my ear hole every time I'm feeling <laughs> pouty. No, that's not usually what people say. People say, you, I can actually want, hear you from over here. You don't here. want Jen in your yeah. ear hole. In fact, if anything, could you take a step back, love, because I can yeah. still hear you. Are you using a mic? I'm not using a mic. No, no. <laughs> Um, no, look, my, I was being realistic. My goal was to sell like 500 tickets. I was like, I think I could do 500. Oh, so, that's so great. being at 850 is, is blown me away. Oh, it's, wow. it's, it's yeah. fantastic. And for people listening and anyone that lives in the Leicester or the surrounding areas, if there are any tickets left by the time this comes out, please get yourself a ticket and go and see Jared Christmas. Please, please do. Jared, it's been so great talking to you. <laughs> Mate, well, thanks for having oh, me, team. So what wonderful. a treat. What a treat. You guys are a treat, and you, Joel. <laughs> I did swim at your Brighton because um, I was down in Brighton earlier this week. You went to the sea lanes, as you know, and I and I went to the sea lanes. Did you enjoy it? Uh, I really liked it. Yeah, I felt I really felt like I was smashing life. It's hard not to when you're outside. It's hard not to swimming like outside. Yeah, and it was heated, like you said. It is heated, but it's not warm. It's just not. No, you, I mean you got to move. You got to move. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I really liked it. I really liked it. I'm glad I did that. And I went to the and the night before, my friend took me also for a birthday present. Uh, I'm really milking my last birthday. Oh yeah. Um, just, what do you mean your last birthday? What you're not going to have another one? Well, that one was the big one, wasn't it? Yeah, but you will we have others. Say, You'll have others. Yeah, yeah. No, we won't. I mean, we can guess, but we won't say. Fuck you. <laughs> um, <laughs> 40, yeah, 40. Um, sure. <laughs> uh, yes, I went to the hot box. What's it called? <laughs> the, um... <laughs> the hot box. Uh, it's where all the lesbians go. Uh, you I went down the hot box. You went to the, um, sa- the sauna but box... Box sauna. What's it called? Box sauna. Jesus Christ. The hot box. A hot you box is better. Trying to remember words. Fucking hell. And I live here, so I don't know what Mike's What is it called? What is it I've properly I've actually called? now forgotten. I've forgotten. Well, they should call it the hot box. The hot box, anyway. It's on the beach is what people need to know. It's, it's on, on the beach, beach in Brighton. Sauna. It's a sauna, little sauna cabin-y thing on the beach. Is it a hot really, box really sauna? Really nice. Maybe it is hot box. <laughs> Should be. It is it's hot. Got, uh, Kerry's. It is very sapphic oh, leanings. It's not hot box. It's beach box. It's beach box. Beach box. Yeah, yeah. But it was a. It was a hot. Box. It was a hot box on the beach. So f- yeah. fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. It should be called hot box it, beach sauna. Yeah. Yeah. That really. You should rebrand it. Yeah. I'll. I'll. I'll let them know. <laughs> Obviously, I'm involved. It was involved. lovely. It is nice. I usually do that every birthday. Well, not every birthday, but the last three birthdays, that's what I've done. Is is um really? Yeah, I because I, I, you can rent out uh, a box, a hot box. Yeah, you know what a hot box is. I know what a hot box is. <laughs> so you rent out. You a can whole rent hot out box. the whole box. Yeah, because we were in there with some other people. I heard. I thought, Hazel mm-hmm. said. Did she? She said that she thought they were a throuple. That's what. Yeah, she said it was unfortunate. And I said, "Don't be so ridiculous." And then he was massaging both of them at one point. And then and I thought she's right. And then they she said that they said, um, "Oh, we're thinking of doing that." And he's like, "Well, if you want a third person, I'd love to come." I was like, Bleh. 
Yeah, I wasn't really listening, but she was properly... She was multitasking. She was, like, listening to me and... and <laughs> ear-horning the thruple confleb. If I knew, or if I suspected there was a thruple, I would have actually just actively zoned Shut out me of down. everything yeah. you were saying. Stop talking, girl. <laughs> no, no, you must keep talking to disguise the fact that I'm no longer listening. Yeah, listening I was like, them. anyway, and then I went to take her back. So, <laughs> rah, 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 rah. She's like, yeah, sure, yeah, uh-huh, uh-huh. Zooming in on the top drawer. On the top drawer thruple chat. <laughs> Yeah, I'm sitting in a hot box listening to a thruple <laughs> This is what I'm. This is what you want from Bryson. You want to be in a hot box listening yeah. to thruple chat. That yeah. is perfect. And then pop out for some vegan food. That's what you want. Yeah, yeah. It was peak. I was peak. It was peak Brighton. That is peak Brighton, actually. And then the next day I went and swam in a pool on the sea front. And then did a gig. And then we did a gig together. And then we did delightful. a gig. That was delightful. Yeah. And then you did your show, didn't you? Last, I mean, this and is... then I did my show at the comedy store. This and then you did your show back in the care home. <laughs> you went out, didn't you? Wednesday, I did. Did you go out I and did. then you saw some people where you had a little drink? I did. I um, had a show. I did a show. <coughs> it, was it was a very a good really show. Nice. It's a really good show. Are we allowed to like say positive things to you? Are you going to be able to manage that? Yeah. Because look at your face. Like your it. face doesn't look like you're enjoying this <laughs> conversation at all. Although I did, when I was swimming, I did see a bunch of young people off their tits on the beach on a Tuesday oh, yeah. afternoon. Sure. And yeah. I thought, yeah, that's not. But great. you don't have to. You don't have to join engage in? with them. No, you don't have to. You don't have to take a load of care and join them. You can just watch them <laughs> from afar. I know, but they do spoil the vibe. Oh, look at all those young people off their nut on kit. And I saw two people having a blazing row in the lanes. One woman on a mobility scooter shouting at another bloke who was um, clearly pissed out of his head. I won't repeat it because we won't be able to use it. But it was the most intense row I've ever seen. The woman in the mobility scooter nearly ran him over and he went for a... And I thought, yeah, there is a side to Brighton that I'm less enchanted by. Well, sure, there is that side of Brighton. And Brighton being that bit smaller, they're very much visually integrated within yeah. the community but you know yeah. it really rocks the old yin yang doesn't it Brighton you've got to have yang on every level if you're going to have yin is it yin and yang or is it yeah. yang and yin I don't yin know yang. that's not that's not well you should know you live in Brighton I should local. know and also because I'm a very spiritual person who's mm. constantly analysing my chi mm. and my aura apparently I've mm. got a very um, positive aura did you know that who told you that um, I'm just guessing I'm oh, guessing. right, so you're not going on any solid... No, I don't, I don't believe in it, so why would I listen to what anyone else says? <laughs> I genuinely feel that my aura is positive. It's been well, said before. The main thing. Not, not to my face. Not, yeah, by who, where, when. <laughs> <laughs> Kerry, I can't... I just don't believe that anyone's <laughs> ever said that to you, ever. <laughs> the phrases that do not... Go together in my head are Jen Brister. Yeah. Positive aura. I resent that. I actually feel like now, as I'm heading inexorably towards death, I have a lot more positivity around me. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Oh, we both did the old middle-aged lady post-laugh. Oh, 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 you've got to do that with your eyes. (laughs) If you don't laugh, you bloody cry. That's what my mum used to say. If you don't laugh, you'll bloody cry. <laughs> you've got to do that with your with your eyes. Yeah. You've got to like oh. squeeze your eyes to the side oh. like that. Oh, if there you, don't you laugh, go. You'll bloody cry. <laughs> <laughs> 